Welcome to the Nation's Church Podcast. On this episode, Pastor Russell Benson has a great word to share with us. His message is called From Mess to Masterpiece. We would love to hear from you, so please comment with where you're watching from and what God is speaking to you through the message. So before we jump in, let's pray. God, you are working all things for our good. You turn our mess into masterpiece. Come and fill each person watching right now with your presence. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be speaking this morning on a message called From Mess to Masterpiece. Amen. From Mess to Masterpiece. So we're going to be talking today about a four-letter word that we all hate, and that is pain, P-A-I-N. If you're alive and breathing, you have dealt with, are dealing with, or will deal with pain. The National Council of Well-Being says that 75% of all adults have dealt with significant trauma in their life. It says that 15% of all Americans have been diagnosed with depression because of pain. They say that over 30% of all Americans have an anxiety disorder that is rooted in deep pain. Every one of us has dealt with real pain in our lives. Can somebody say amen or oh me? Pain of a lost loved one. Pain of rejection or abandonment. Pain from a spouse. Pain from our childhood. Life is hard and truthfully, sometimes life can just be overwhelming. But the enemy wants you to see everything in life through the eyes of pain. Everything you see to see through that paradigm. Listen, that makes life an awful scary place to live in, doesn't it? But the good news this morning is that God makes a way for us even in the midst of our deepest darkest pain in our lives. So this morning, quickly, I want to encourage you with three truths about pain. Number one, God wants to turn your pain into praise. I'm going to say it again. God wants to turn your pain into praise. He's turning, he's turning it around. Church, he's... he's <laughs> All right, calm down, Russ. You got a whole message to preach. He's, he's turning it. He's turning it around. I want to look at King David this morning throughout this message. We know David, right? He slew Goliath. He was the anointed king. He even played the harp. Man, this guy was talented. He was a warrior and he was a musician. I also heard he was a bit of a ladies' man. Okay, we won't, that's a different sermon. That's a, that's a different message. But, but David, all of these things went through a lot of trials. And during one of his trials, he wrote Psalm 23. We all know it, but listen again. Verse 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For God, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Lord, you prepare a table before me right in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely, someone say surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of that of the Lord for that just makes that just makes me want to shout and praise just put a praise right there hallelujah but listen when David wrote this he was walking through a valley called the shadow of death that doesn't sound like a place I want to visit like can I skip that part of the tour Siri please find an alternate route please like can we go can we go around that valley that's labeled the shadow of death? Like, that's not where I want to be. But David was walking through the shadow of death. And according to Jewish tradition, this valley called shadow of death is an actual place. According to tradition, it was a, a steep, deep, narrow, dark valley located between two cities, located between Jericho and Jerusalem. Actually, scholars also believe it's where the man who was on the road to Jericho was robbed and he was beaten. It was in this dark valley that that man was beaten, and it's in that dark valley that the Good Samaritan met him and poured in the oil and the wine and bandaged his bruises and pain. But in this valley called the shadow of death there, was a lack of water. It was known to be dangerous, as I referred to. But from Jericho to Jerusalem, you had to go through this valley. Now, Jerusalem means city of peace. How many of you know beyond the valley of death is the city of peace? That peace is on the other side of the valley. That peace is on the other side of our pain. And I can picture David, the psalmist, with his lute or harp or whatever he had, just going through that valley, that dark place, that, that dark, deep canyon of a place, and he's singing, I shall fear no evil, because, Lord, you are with me. I shall fear no evil. Because, God, you are with me. And, God, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even in the midst of my pain, God, you're with me. God, even though I'm walking through that trial, God, you anointed my head with oil. And even in the middle of this valley, guess what? My cup is overflowing and running over. And I'm declaring that goodness and mercy is chasing me down even in that valley called the shadow of death God turns your pain into praise even in that valley David understood that the Lord is with me David knew that the key is knowing that God with us, Emmanuel, the God who's with us, Jesus, his very name means Savior. And David in Psalm 30 wrote this, verse 3, O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol, and you restored to me life. 
What does that mean? Where there was death, God, you restored to me life from among those who are down in the pits. Sing praise to the Lord, O ye saints, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Verse 10, hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning mm, mm, mm. into dancing. You have loosened my sackcloth, and we exchange that for clothes and garments of gladness. This is the God we serve who changes who turns my mourning into dancing and loosens my sackcloth and exchanges for clothes of praise and gladness. He gives you garments of praise, we know, for the spirit of heaviness. And verse 12, David says, therefore, say therefore, therefore, because you have done these things, I will sing your praise and I won't be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I won't be silent. I will give thanks to you forever. God, you turn our pain into praise. God, you exchange my mourning and my weeping for shouts of celebration. What a mighty God we serve. Sorry, I'm getting a little excited. Because he's a good God. We're talking about pain this morning, but we serve a God that turns pain into praise. We serve a God who turns mourning into dancing. We serve a God that, that turns sackcloth. What is that? Sackcloth is, is mourning and weeping and despair, and somehow God takes, he just takes off he, he grabs those garments that are trying to pull you down and he grips them off and then he comes and he clothes you. He robes you with righteousness and with gladness and with rejoicing. God will turn your pain into praise if you'll keep your eyes on him. Keep, keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Number two, God will use your pain as a platform for your promotion. God will use your pain as a platform for your promotion. If you allow him, God will redeem the pain in your life and it will become the very platform for your greatest victory. So, so many of us, we get stuck in the pit of despair. We get stuck in, in discouragement and, and we get stuck in that pit of pain that we just, we can't get out of. It's like, it's, it's like pulling us under time and time again and we just get stuck right there. But God has a promise for your life that even in that stuck place, that pain, he has a plan for redemption, a plan to redeem that pain, a plan to take what the enemy meant to kill you and take you out and turn it for his good and his glory. You see, church, we, we have a promise and, and there's a promotion for every one of your life over here. But how many know between the, the promise 
And the promotion, sometimes there's a, a good bit of space and time between those two places, between the promise and the promotion. For the children of Israel, we know there was the promise and the promised land. They were going. They got all their stuff together. Out of Egypt. See you later. Goodbye. Grab the gold. Grab the kids. Let's go. It's just going to be a couple weeks. It's not fun. Yeah, you've been on road trips, right? Like 13 hours when I drive to Indiana with three kids. That's a lot. It's a lot. Two weeks. Between the promise and the promised land, that's a long journey to plan for. Church, it was 40 years. 40 years between the promise and the promised land. Now they made it longer than it need to be. But there's always time between the promise and the promotion. Look at King David. We're talking about David today. It was 15 years from the time Samuel took the horn of oil and poured it on David and anointed him the king. 15 years between that promise and the promotion into the palace. 15 years. That's a long time. I'm David. I'm supposed to be there. It's my time. It's my time to go to the palace. 15 years. What did David do? David, we're talking about David. What did David do for those 15 years? He ran for his life. Read it. Read it. He ran for his life. Saul, the king. Can you imagine having the king coming after you and his armies? Saul was after David. Saul knew that David was anointed king. And Saul wanted to kill David. How many of you know not everyone is going to celebrate you when they see God's hand on you? Some of them are going to come after you. David knew this. Look at 1 Samuel 22. David departed from there. He, this is when Saul was threatening David. So David got out of there. David departed from there and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all of his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to David. And he became commander over them. And there were about 400 men. Where was the future great King David? between his promise and the promotion. He was hiding in a deep, damp, dark, depressing cave. The crowned prince was not in a palace. He was in a pit. And historians tell us he was in that pit for between six and eight months. Can you imagine living in a cave? You're supposed to be the king. And who does he have around him? The Bible says that people came, 400 people came to be with David. This is amazing. 400 people. I'm so excited. God, you know, this is, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden walks through the door. The Bible says it was those that were in distress. Oh, boy. And it says those that were bitter in soul. Now that's a great group to have around you when you are running for your life. 400 bitter, angry, distressed,
people. It doesn't stop there, though. This is hilarious. And it's not funny. David, if you're, you know, up there at the cloud of witnesses, I'm not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. <laughs> and it says, and every, say everyone, and everyone who is in debt, 400 broke people. Oh, my goodness. What a party that was in the cave. Does anybody have anything? No, we're broke, we're busted, we're bankrupt, we're in despair. We're also, David, we're pretty bitter and angry, and we're bitter and angry at you. We don't know why we're here with you. What are we doing here? Can somebody go get us a steak or something? Like, this was not a great time. And David was with these people for eight months. That's a long time. And, and, and listen, the cave, this cave that David was in was just, just outside the next city over from the cave of Adullam was Gath. This is where David killed Goliath. Can you imagine David coming out of the cave and he sees the place of his greatest victory just over there, but now he's living in a cave? Many times your cave is just outside your greatest place of victory. It was the cave it was the cave, church, listen to me. It was the cave that David learned to deeply rely upon the Lord alone. It was the cave that changed David from a shepherd boy into a king. It was the cave where he was molded and made into his destiny. It was the cave, the plan of the cave was to take him out, but it was the very cave that became his platform for his promotion. And in that cave, Psalm, David pens Psalm 142. And he says, Lord, oh Lord, bring me out of this prison that I may give thanks unto your name and let the righteous surround me. I mean, he meant that prayer because he was, well, he, the 400 surrounding him at that time, were a, they were a work in progress. But how many of you know God worked through it? He redeemed it. Those 400 desperate, despaired, uh, bankrupt, in debt, bitter people became David's 400 mighty men in Jesus' name. God will use the cave to be the platform for your promotion. He was molding and shaping David into his destiny. God will mold you and make you in the cave if you let him. Your greatest ministry will come out of your greatest pain. Your cave will become your crown. Your greatest victories are just on side, on the other side of the pain. If you'll keep your eyes on him, the very thing that the enemy planned to take him out and to take you out is your platform for your promotion. Keep your eyes on him, even in the pain. There's purpose for the pain. There's purpose in the pain. If we'll allow God to work in us, listen, we, we all have messes. We, you know, they, I'm going to hurt myself here. Someone help me. No, I'm kidding. You know, we all, we all have a mess. Sometimes we feel like life is just, see, see if I can get this to work. Ooh. Tell me, Joe. Hold that right there. Listen, we, we all feel like that sometimes, right? 
We all sometimes feel like life is it's coming down on us. Pain, thing after thing after thing. Ah, maybe it's just me. You know, I, I, have, stu I have stuff in my past. You know, I don't know how much I want to say, but I, I was a mess. For 18 years of my life, I was a mess. We all have this mess in our life. We all, we all have pieces, brokenness, pain. We feel shattered. We, we feel alone. We feel hurt. And we feel like this mess that, you know, th th this piece of me, this piece is, is really messed up. Th this piece right here, th this, one, this one is beyond repair. It, it can't be fixed. There's no super glue. There, there's nothing that's going to restore this. This piece is beyond repair. This piece right here, no one could ever love this piece. It's unlovable. It's ugly. It's been through too much. Oh, this piece right here, listen, I don't want anyone to see that piece. That, that one, no. Not that piece. But we all have these pieces. We all have this mess. We all, we all deal with these things. God sees all of our broken pieces. Every one of them. But God wants to take those pieces, that pain, that scattering, that mess in your life, and turn it into something beautiful. Where there is pain, where there is anger, where there was hurt, where there was discouragement. God wants to turn it around and take your mess and make it a masterpiece in Jesus' name from mess to masterpiece. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is the master artist. Our God takes the canvas that is our life each one of your lives is a canvas that God is drawing on, and he's the master artist, but there are times where, where there's chaos and there's pain and there's hurt, but let God finish the work. Hallelujah. Let God take you and make you a masterpiece for his glory in Jesus' name. You're a masterpiece, but you're a work in progress. Amen. God will take your mess and make it into a masterpiece. That's our story in Jesus' name. He makes all things beautiful. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're beautiful. Listen, if you're watching online right now, you thought about giving up. You thought about all the pain that's paralyzing and hurting you. You thought about all the abandonment you experienced. Listen, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. God loves you, and he created you, and he's doing a work in your life. Don't you dare give up in Jesus' name. Allow God to take that pain and turn it to praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You are a masterpiece in the hands of a master artist being put together for his glory. Look at James 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Consider it all pure joy, my brothers and sisters, 
Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience, perseverance. But let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We know Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, say all things, all things, we know, we know, we know like we know, like we know in our spirit that God, you work out all things for good to those that love you and have been a called according to your purpose. God, I know that you called me according to your purpose. And God, you're working it out. You're working it out for good in Jesus' name. All the pain, all the mess, all the peace all the discouragement. God, you're working in me, your perfect work for your glory. That pain, that family issue, that trial, listen, that generational curse that's going to be broken off of you in Jesus' name, that pattern of addiction that's trying to hold you down and hold you back. God is working that thing out of you in Jesus' name. And I declare to you today that your wound can be your weapon in Jesus' name. Your wound will be your weapon in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory! Hallelujah, my wounds will be turned into my weapon. He's turning it. He's turning it. <laughs> He's turning it around. He's turning it around. It's turning. It's, I feel that in the spirit. It's turning. For some of you here today, it's, it's turning, it's turning, it's turning it around, it's turning around, it's turning around, it's turning around for good, it's turning around for his glory, he's turning it around, that issue in your life, that situation, that pain, that heartache, he's turning it around in Jesus' name, he's turning it around. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, Sean, he's turning it around, turning it around. Devil, you may have meant that for my downfall, but I'm telling you what, God is turning it. He's turning it for my good because I love my God and I'm called according to his purpose. He's turning it. Hallelujah. Your wound will be your weapon. Enemy thought he had you. No, sir. No, sir. The enemy thought he had you. No, sir. No, sir. Take your hands off in Jesus' name. God's turn. God's already started. He, he's already started. Devil, get your hands off of us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 He's turning around. I got to get to my last point. I don't want to keep you guys longer than you need to be here, but Jesus. Last point on pain. Listen, listen, this is the most important. Your pain seeks to paralyze you. Listen, too many people are paralyzed by their past. They are absolutely bound by their past failures, their disappointments. They're paralyzed. They're paused in the desert. Right now, there are pastors living on the streets, doing drugs because they gave up in the desert. They're paralyzed by their pain. 
Listen, that thing, that pain, that mess, that, that thing wants to come on top of you. You know what? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. That pain wants to come on top of you and paralyze you from God's best in your life. There are churches that have never been planted. There are missions trips that never happened. There are businesses that have never opened. There are ministries that never even got started. There are victories that were never won. So much that, that was supposed to be done, but it was put on pause because of the pain. You know, we can all take a few minutes and justify our pain, and the pain is different in each of your life. And I know the pain in my life and the pain from my past, and we can justify that pain that, hey, you know, my spouse did this to me, or, or my friend abandoned me, or, or my boss passed me up, or that person did this to me, or, or that person hurt me. We, we, can, we can justify the pain. Sometimes we do more than that. We, we embrace our pain. We get comfortable with our pain. We know our pain. We know it on a first-name basis. That pain is my friend. That, that pain, that I, I need this pain. I I'm just, just want to listen. I just, God, you can, have, you can have those, but I've had these for so many years. 15 years I've had this pain. And I don't know if I can let go of it. I, it's been with me so long. Pain. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know uh, if I can let go of it. I, I, I even, at times, I, I love my pain. It's become my friend, my reason to stay, my excuse to stay right where I'm at, paused and paralyzed by my pain. Oh, yes, church, it can happen to every one of us. I've seen the greatest ministers paralyzed by pain. The greatest. Paused. Pain. Pain. That's the enemy. The enemy wants to pause you. Push pause. Stop right where you're at. He wants to stop you. He wants to stop this church. He wants to stop this movement. He wants to stop revival. He wants to stop God's people right where they're at by using the pain. Listen to me. Oh, yes, it can happen to us. It, it happened. It could have happened to David. David could have been paralyzed in the valley. David, when he was in that cave, I'm sure he thought, maybe I'll just stay right here in the cave. Because God, I, I, I know if I go out there, there's, a, there's Saul, and, and there's Saul, Saul, Saul's, trying, Saul, Saul's after me. He wants to take me out. So, so God, maybe, maybe I'll just I'll get a contractor in here and and I'll build some beds, and I'll build, like, a little kitchenette, and, you know, we'll put some air conditioning in this cave and make it a little more comfortable, and we get comfortable. We make our pain, and we get, let's make it a little, a little more comfortable. Just, we don't need to really get rid of it. Just make it a little more comfortable in the cave. No, no, church. Pain 
wants to take you out and paralyze you. This is not how your story ends. I'm here to tell you this morning, and I want to read this last verse from 1 Kings 18, and then we're closing. Sorry, I'm getting a, a little, I, I hear after 40 you need reading glasses, so. I'm there. I'm there. But listen, we know the story of Elijah. Elijah had the greatest victory on Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal. Fire came down from heaven. Literal fire. We pray for fire. Fire came down from heaven and took up the offering. Boy, what a sight. And the Bible says that in the middle of that revival that all of the people of Israel declared that the Lord Jehovah, he is God. What an amazing move of God. What an amazing revival. The Lord, they all declared that Jehovah, he, he, not Baal, that he's fake. Jehovah, he's God. He's God. Elijah saw that with his eyes. And he came down from Mount Carmel, and he came down, and he's still on, on this high from this revival service that was historic. And listen, right after that, listen, listen, 1 Kings 19. So Ahab told Jezebel. There's that Jezebel again. Jezebel is the voice of fear and pain in your life. Jezebel wants to paralyze you. I'm not going to get super spiritual here. Listen, Jezebel is when that voice tells you, you can't do that. What are, what are you doing? You're not good enough. You, you know what your past looks like. What do you, what do you, who do you think you are? That's Jezebel. Jezebel's a liar. Jezebel's a liar. Listen, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he killed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow. Jezebel threatened the life of Elijah. Then Elijah was afraid, fear. And he rose up and Elijah ran from his, for his life. He was just running down he was just on Mount Carmel, like just fire, glory. Everyone declaring the name of the Lord. Not three verses later, Elijah's out of there. He's out of there. Elijah's running for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, which belongs to praise. He left everyone there, verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Elijah went into the wilderness, and he came, and he sat down under a broom tree, and he asked the Lord that he might die. Elijah said to the Lord, it is enough, Lord. Please take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down and slept. You see, you see what the enemy did there? Do you see how the enemy paralyzed the man of God? I'm exposing this lie. Of, I'm just ripping off the covers of the lie of the enemy in your life. The enemy wants to paralyze you with fear. But it's a, it's a lie. 
God was with Elijah. God is almighty God, the king of kings. The creator of the universe is on your team. He's on your side. He's got your back. He's got your back. Jezebel is powerless. Only her stinking lies to paralyze you. That's all she has. Don't believe it. Don't you dare. Don't believe the lies, the voices of the enemy. Don't you dare. Be, listen, listen to what God did. So, and behold, say behold, an angel touched Elijah and said, arise, 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 arise and eat. And he began to eat. And the angel came back and said, arise and eat, for the journey in front of you is great. That's, I don't know if you felt that, but that's a word. There's more in front of you. Hello, 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 hello. There's more in front of you to do. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more he has for you to do. There's greater things in front of you than there were behind you. So God sent the angel of the Lord to touch him, to touch him and say, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that pit. Get up out of that grave in Jesus' name, for the journey ahead of you is great. Hallelujah. Get up, Elijah. Get up, church. Get up, people of God. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's no more stairs here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, hey, hallelujah. Church, 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 church. The journey, the journey ahead of us is great. God's got great things for Nations Church and for the people of God and for your life and for your kids, for your family, for your business, for your ministry. It's great. It's greater ahead than what was behind. But you got to get up. You got to allow God to touch you and allow it to feed you and give you drink and get up and eat in Jesus' name. Church, I'm telling you, this afternoon it's time to get up. Don't let the enemy pause you. Don't let, it's time to turn the pain into praise. Someone's got to get their praise on. It's time to turn that pain around in Jesus' name and praise him, praise him, praise him, praise. Turn the pain. He's turning the pain. He's turning it around. He's saying, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up in Jesus' name. Get up in Jesus' name. Turn the pain into praise. Glory. Devil, you're a liar. God's not done. God's not done. Listen to. I think I'm preaching to myself. I've been pre. Pastor Shauna, I've been preaching to myself this morning. The enemy's trying to tell me. The enemy's trying to tell me. That my best days are behind me. I'm calling it out this morning. My great, my greatest days are just ahead in Jesus' name. My great, my my pain is gonna be my promotion. My pain is gonna be my promotion. I don't know if that's you in this place. Come on, ministry team, come down here. Hallelujah, glory, 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 glory. Come on, someone, lift your hands. 
somebody just say thank you Jesus thank you that you're turning my pain into praise thank you Jesus that you're taking me from a mess to a masterpiece thank you Jesus that you're telling me to get up to get up and to go for the journey is great in front of me God I declare it I believe it I receive it in Jesus name hallelujah I don't know who needs to respond to this message today but before we go the enemy's been whispering to you and trying to take you out we're drawing a line in this just give me that sword where's that sword we're drawing a line we're this is my just, we're, we're the enemy's trying to take you out Whisper. we're drawing a line in the sand today and, and we're saying God with you on my side I'm going forward in Jesus name onward Christian soldiers we're going forward we're going forward we're not looking back we're shaking off the pain we're shaking off the pain in Jesus name if you need to respond this morning if that's you you need to draw a line in the sand let us pray with you come to these altars if you need a miracle in your life if you need a healing in your body if you need encouragement this morning we're gonna praise and worship here for a minute but we want to pray with you Jesus 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 thank you for victory we hope you enjoyed the message share this with someone who needs to be encouraged today God bless you